Hello, Shaky Town Radio listeners. This is Brody Foster Hubbard. This episode is dropping on Monday, March 21st, 2011. I wanted to let you know about a show I will be performing at on Saturday, March 26th, 2011, at Cafe Muse on 6547 Santa Monica Boulevard in Los Angeles. The monthly Candid Confessional show is where comics and writers and poets and musicians do a confessional. And in my case, I'm opening up the show at 9.30 with a story and a song. Now, Cafe Muse has great food and drinks, and they just recently started serving beer and wine, um, so you can bring your money for that, but the admission into the show is free. There's no cover charge. Uh, To find out more information, you can go to my site, brodyhubbard.com. You can go to the shakytownradio.com blog. There are... there's a post about it there. Um, also, you can go to cafemusela.com or thecandidconfessional.com to find out more about Cafe Muse or the show. So now let's get into our episode with Karen Kilgariff. Um, she is probably best known as a cast member of Mr. Show with Bob and David that was on HBO. Uh, she was also in the European television series The Book Group. Um, and she was a head writer on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, uh, as well as some other ventures. I first knew about her from The Girls Guitar Club uh, with Marilyn Rice Cub, and you are going to hear me helping her tune up her guitar, and then the show will start off with a selection from The Girls Guitar Club. Enjoy the show. This tune D E C. I have no idea. Whatever it's closest to right now. Okay. <laughs> Are you recording this? Because this is gold. Yes, of course. <laughs> Wait, is it on the website? Guitar as some sort of improvised weapon to fight my way out of having a gun in my head. That's my, that would have been my plan. I was using for a while. I was using a baby Taylor on stage because mm-hmm. I thought it was so easy to travel with, and they do not stay in tune. Like you move it a foot and it goes out of tune. Yeah. So every time I would get on stage, I'd go to play a song and it would just be like Blang. so terrible sounding, and there was nothing I could do because I can't. Like when I tune by ear, I just get panicky and right. It's terrible. So, um, yes, I had to stop using it. But I still can't really do it. Like, every once in a while, I'll look around and be like, hey, can you play guitar? Just pass it off to somebody in the audience. You need a, you need a tech. You need a guitar tech. I know. Yeah. Like a roadie. Who doesn't? I don't. <laughs> For my 15-minute sets. I need a roadie. Perfect. Yeah. Be badass. 
No, you need a roadie to carry the gear and a good specialized guitar player. So you need two people yes. for 15 And then the inside. third guy is a band driver. Right. <laughs> Teamsters. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. It's the unions. I'm union. You ready? Uh, yes. Should we do this? Do Let's it. Do this Let's thing. go. Say when. When. When? When. Megan says that I say when. when. Say when. when. I should say when. Megan say is my uh, wife when. who belittles me for my mispronunciation of things. As does Gene, though. I do. That's well, I Which is why he's going to introduce you so I don't mangle your name. Thank God. Karen. Go ahead, Gene. Now I'm going to screw it up. Yes, you on are. On purpose. Pressure's no. on you. Let's show your love for the Girls Guitar Club of Southern California. Ladies. You got a lot of big words, but you don't say much. You got really big feet, so you better hit the street. Come on to Old Town Indy Creek. You like a really bad book, because you're thick and you stink. I can't concentrate on you. You make me want to go to sleep. Like a really bad film You make me feel cheap and dumb And my soul is the wallet You took eight dollars from You have warts yeah, and you're bad at sports I said you have warts and you're bad at sports Like a really bad party No one cares about you And your chips are stale And you're all out of food Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And uh, sitting here with us today, <laughs> no pressure, mm-hmm. Karen Kilgariff. Yeah, perfect. With a bit of Irish accent it's, there. Because it's we, we realized, uh, I should have said, I'm Gene O'George. <laughs> I'm Brody O'Hubbard. <laughs> Brody Foster O'Hubbard. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's all Irish up in here. Yeah. Yeah, we have it's, green it's, cups. And that I'm was not on purpose. Ireland you have a blue cup. I do. It, I, I, I dropped the, the baby off at daycare today, and um, everybody was wearing green, and I realized she's really not wearing green. So um, I, I think the daycare lady brought it up, but, but uh, oh, because she was changing one of the other kids' clothes because he threw up on the clothes. Typical. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it is St. Patrick's Day, right. so I figured he'd probably just been pounding them. Um, and, but she was like, oh, he doesn't have any green on now. And... Uh, I was like, my daughter's mostly Irish. I'm mostly Irish. She doesn't need to wear green. <laughs> I don't want any of this pinching her crap. And that's like, I realized I'm really angry about St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what it is. About. All, the, all the real Irish are. I think. Is kinda, yeah. But I've never been that way. I've never. But I think I think realizing that my kid is now involved in this just made me mad. Like, <laughs> look, my grandmother's last name is Rooney, and I think that entitles me to just have everyone shut the hell. So. Maybe. 
Could be. Done and done. Was she, was, did Robert Schwartzman name his band after your grandma? Rooney? Is it with two O's? Yes. Yes. Wow. I'm going to say yes. What a powerful woman. <laughs> I was oh, bumming was out that? this morning because I bet, I bet she was. Um, they all are. Because I was, of course, obsessively looking at Facebook and uh, everyone's posting like you know, what they're going to do or uh, whatever. And I just started getting super bitter because I don't drink anymore in a way that like, I haven't cared about not drinking for a really long time. And it was like this really juvenile rage of like, I don't get to do this anymore. I was so mad. There's all these, you know, like this, I used to love whiskey so much. I drank it. It's still good. I'm going to tell you. Oh, I bet it is. So good. Yeah. It solves a lot of problems. It really does. It creates a new set of problems. Yes. But you know what? Those are new problems. They it's eclipse like, the old problems. It's like, like buying a new bigger. car. Yeah. It's like buying a new car. Your old car is shitty. The new car is going to be shitty and have problems, but it's totally new. That's right. <laughs> for a while. Or the new car is like you can't pay for it and it's going to get repossessed. It just the yeah, problem yeah, yeah. gets yes, worse a and worse. Problem. Yeah. But still, I, in the meanwhile, I just I don't I don't uh, I I have a I have a, a a beer schooner filled with diet Dr Pepper on the table. Um, and that's my, it's my, that's my, it looks kind of like Guinness when it has a head on it. <laughs> you yeah. can pretend. I'm going to pretend. It's not that I don't drink. I simply just, I don't drink like I used to. Right. I can't drink like I was drinking when I was 25. Can I talk? You already are. That's my mom. Hi. She lives with us. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, mom. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. This is Karen. <laughs> I have my green. Nice. Kind of green. It's green you on the your side. green cup. I have my green cup. Your green bag. <laughs> I I was just saying because of the Irish heritage, I refuse to participate. So you're deaf and you're going to wander off now. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> nice to meet you. That is the Maude George cameo we've been waiting for. Yes. Oh, Christ. I've been waiting 30 plus episodes for that. Really? Yeah. And I get to be here for it. Yeah. you're. Oh, she's awesome. been on, though. Probably saying almost exactly what she just said. <laughs> Can I talk? Can I empty the dishwasher? <laughs> It's like a. <laughs> it's, it, she she's like the predecessor to to Joan Rivers. It became Can We Talk. Oh, I see. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, let's just root around the ice tra- ice tray <laughs> while we're here. Oh. It is St. Patrick's Day. I'm gonna have that whiskey. Um, I, Today's the day we drink. Today is the day. Come on. But like you know, this is the other thing too is. If you're Irish, do you need an excuse to do that? <laughs> you do not. No, no. You don't need a holiday. You don't need friends. No. You don't need a bar. No, no. You, you don't need anything. No, exactly. There is you need bar. somebody to fight. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> and you can always find one of those. Easy. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Yeah. Well, between the, the famine, the troubles, the hunger strike, I mean... I think the hunger the strike and the troubles kind of go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because I mean, you're not going to get thrown in jail for being a member of the IRA without the troubles. True. Anyway. You can't Aaron, have one without the other. Aaron Gobrakovich, they're sort of the Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They exactly. fit so magically together. Um, they do. <laughs> so if it was the, the not drinking a discipline choice or a health choice or a... Uh, no, no, a health. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, what, a, probation, a probation officer choice? Yeah, my mom told me. Um, no, I, ha- I drank right up until I started having seizures. Oh. And then I decided I would go ahead and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the seizures made it much easier to stop. Yeah. And I actually had no intention of stopping being doing stand-up comedy. It's like the perfect addiction because yeah. everyone else is doing it. And oh, it's yeah. not that, you know, it's you blend very nicely. And I still remember telling the doctor when he was like, how many drinks do you have a day? And I was like, 
I don't know, eight? And his eyes were like, immediately, he was like, every single night? And I was like, yes, every night. I have a, a thing to tell you, that when you go get gas, don't leave your hose in and go wash your windows because your amount of sale will skyrocket. Oh no. I usually only put 20 or $25 in, but I thought, well, I'll leave it in and I'll go over and do my windows. Well, you can always undo the little automatic gas thing. How much did it cost you? 50. That's <laughs> what it costs to fill my tank up Almost every time. double what I usually do. But I have to use premium. But it's all right because now I don't have to go again until, unless... I have sometimes wondered if people at night go and steal my gas because I run short of gas a lot. Well, they could because it's almost five bucks a gallon. So, yeah, you know. We're I'm totally... going to get a shotgun and sit on the front porch. You should. Just you... go Mad Max about it because <laughs> it needs um, to get taken care of. Do you still of. have the hockey mask or do we throw that away? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was not a joke, guys. <laughs> who, who has more fun than people? Huh? <laughs> Double cameo. I know. This is unprecedented. <laughs> this is an amazing. This is day. a St. Patrick's Day <laughs> miracle. <laughs> uh, so, how Irish are you? You're pretty Irish, huh? Both sides, yeah. yeah. My so, my dad's parents are from the old country. Oh, the old country. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm like I, I recently found out I'm way more Irish than I thought. The my dad's side of the family used to say they were Welsh, but they were really all Irish. Why <laughs> were they living in England? No, when, no, when they they, they, no. This is back. I mean, the the earliest ancestors I can find came over in like 1760. Oh wow! So they've been lying about being <laughs> Welsh for a long time. <laughs> Was there like, is it better to be Welsh than yes. to be Irish? Oh yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess at least in America. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm in a pinch. Yeah. So no, no, I'm Welsh. <laughs> Come on, look, I, I couldn't put two L's together. And you're standing word. outside a club, and you're just right. like, but I'm Welsh. Get in here. We love uh, your Apparently, kind. apparently it was better to Do you, Welsh. like, hide your U2 records uh, at the bottom of a stack of alarm records? <laughs> <laughs> I see where, yes, you could do that. Wow, that was impressive. <laughs> but I think it's always better to be Scottish than yeah. to be Welsh or Irish. Because? The accent is so... Mike Myers made Majestic. it popular? No, Sean Connery made it popular, dude. I would say. Mike Myers perfected it, though. No, Mike Myers codified it. Mike Myers codified it in So I Married an Axe That's, yeah. It really is. Scottish accents really are like, it to me, it sounds like people are singing at you. It's such a yeah. weirdly uh, rhythmic, song. like, there's the things they draw out. My friend Michelle Gomez has the most insane Scottish accent where just like when I'm on the phone with her, I just, I can't think of anything to say because it's just like, no, you talk more. It's like very poetic and right, right, right. it's nuts. Well, a friend of mine spent it. a bunch of time in, in Scotland and, um, the story that she would tell that just absolutely kills me every time I hear it to this day is, go ahead and run that water, <laughs> Mom. That's cool. Uh, She's making ice. It's, making ice. <laughs> it's an ice maker. It does not You don't need to make it, it yourself. Have to happen. <laughs> is um, she was staying with these folks and they had a pet hamster that got loose, and um, uh, <laughs> the animals were always constantly getting loose. So. Um, Everyone would go looking around the flat for this hamster. And the phrase, have you no seen the hamster? Have you no seen the hamster? Where's the hamster? Have you no seen the hamster? And um, then the, there was a dog that would get loose. And uh, the owner, who was drunk, of course, 
go out into the middle of the street in the middle of the night and yell, Snow Snow it! Come home! Snow it! You know, and it's just like, anything sounds better with a, just a crazy Scottish accent. And the more, like, they have so much slang. I did a TV show over there. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. And uh, it's I guess there's a channel called Ovation. Somebody, somebody uh, sent me a message and they're like, hey, I didn't know you were on a TV show or whatever. And I was like, oh, it was years ago. The book um, group. The book group, right. And um, we shot it in, we were in Glasgow. Um, and there was a driver that used to come and pick me up every morning, Michael, and he would talk to me and I had literally, I had no idea what he would say. He would have to repeat it like four times. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, have you no see the hamster? Like they say, no, they say, can I, it's like all this stuff where you're, oh, I would just you? be like, he would say something and he was literally just asking like, how was your night? And I'd just be like, I'm sorry. Oh, you have a wee one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one more time. Sorry. Once again. Yeah, and we yeah. would laugh because it was like, come, I come might again? as well have been in yeah. Israel or something like right, that. Right, right. Speaking a language that is not English. It's like, you're mangling English. Yeah. You're not, it's not like he's, and that's the thing is they're not like they're speaking Scots Gaelic. Right, right. It's not like they're actually speaking the native Scots tongue. No, no. They're just saying, have you not seen the hamster? Right. <laughs> and you're like, What? In the hamper where? Yeah. <laughs> like, the hamster. The wee hamster. Have you not seen him? <laughs> like, yeah. How are you rolling all of those letters? Yeah, I mean, all it's at the just, same time. It's yeah. insane. And how do you, like, roll an H? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Roll it. How did you get crazy. hooked up with the, uh, this production in Glasgow? Um, the... It's a weird connection, but Janine Garofalo was the person that they wanted to play at first. And she had a job on something else at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like I'm talking about 30 years ago. It's like <laughs> eight years ago or six years ago. Um, so she recommended me. And I literally like made a tape uh, in my boyfriend's apartment and sent it in. Yeah. Like did my own audition basically. And got a call where they're like, they want you. And then like a week later was flying t- to Scotland to be on a TV show. It was crazy. And then when I got there, all those people were like these amazing trained like royal academy trained right, right, actors right and i one of the first notes i got and then the first rehearsals like we were going back and forth luckily there was a girl named ann dudek who's been on a million things she's on sure. mad men and she's amazing she's really good and she played my sister she was the only other american and uh so i'd be doing scenes with people and the director the first note i got was can you stop making that sound before you speak and i was like i'm sorry what and apparently because i was like supposed to be the bitchy sister before i said any of my lines i'd go <laughs> but I didn't know I was doing it. Right, right. And it was so humiliating because, like, these people could turn around and do, like, Twelfth Night right now sure, off sure. the top of their head. Right, and right. I can't even just say a line directly. It was it was horrifying. <laughs> but that was your choice. That's right. That this is how Americans are, man. Yeah. was everything. We're dismissive Disdain. about everything. We hate totally. all of this. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. Now, is that a, a situation where you go for like a week and just shoot all your scenes, or are you like living there for a while? I lived there for, um, I think it was three months. Uh, yeah, we had like these apartment, it was like an apartment hotel. We all lived in the same building. Mm-hmm. And then we got picked up by Michael, the foreign Scotsman, every day. And uh, yeah, we lived there. It was really fun. It was yeah. it was a really amazing experience that I was so, um, like, I just felt like I was so in over my head that I was, like, in a, a full force panic the whole time. And I <laughs> yeah, yeah. had these amazing, awesome people. Like, my friend Derek, um, I, you know, I was watching this awesome BBC show that was about 
you know, Queen is a bell. I don't know what it was. It was one of those BBC period shows right, right, that right. I love so much. And the door flies open, and I think he was playing like Sir Francis Drake or something. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Derek. And like that, is, that happens all the time. Jimmy Lance, who is on um, the Alan Partridge, and he's been in a million things. He's such a great actor. He played Anne's um, boyfriend, and and the one I loved the most was um, uh, Ian. Um, Henry Ian Cusack played my publisher and he's he was um, on Lost he was the guy mm-hmm. from the second season of Lost mm-hmm. like, now I can't remember his name the guy the Scottish guy Desmond. on Lost Desmond yeah. Yeah, yeah. like when that season started and he's in the bunker and he, he puts the record on yeah, and yeah. it's all just his hands and his body or whatever and I'm like watching like super Lost fan and that pans up to his face I'm like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it, was, it was so crazy so yeah they're all it was really cool well, have was, you been back since the uh, production run? No. No? I'll never go back. No. <laughs> Burned too many bridges. I hate it there. Lost too many hamsters. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel exactly the same way, except for, like, uh, C-list and D-list comedians and, uh, like, pizza commercials. Like, I'll be like, I know that guy. <laughs> He's really, really funny yeah. for at least five minutes of his <laughs> <laughs> he can do a solid five minutes got, of comedy. He's got, he's got maybe three quarters of a just for laughs set. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, Andrew Donnelly. I don't know if you guys know him. He's hilarious yeah, yeah. comic. Mm-hmm. He is in every single commercial on television. He, he and Matt, so funny. He, you know Matt Champagne? Uh, I, think, I think so. You, you probably know him to see him, but he's in every other commercial too. Yeah. Yeah, he's in like... Uh, for a while there, I was just pausing Tiva to piss my wife off. Hey, look, Matt's <laughs> look, on the commercial again. Look. Good to see him getting work. It's exciting. It's yeah. exciting, and then I just think, that's so much money. Oh, totally. It's so oh, much absolutely. Money. No, no, no. Like, I rate, I, I'm like, I still have a day job. Mm, maybe I should just go out for more commercials. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like knowing someone who won the lottery, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like a big national commercial. It's like, yeah. That's a Domino's commercial. Like, mm. Yeah. That'll pay you for a while. Yeah, right? totally. I have a friend who uh, actually currently scheduling to be on our show who um went through groundlings i think and we used to work together at buna murray but yeah she just was in a target spot and that was kind of weird like that's the girl i used to bump cigarettes off of mm-hmm. yeah. i thought you were gonna say something dirty that's the girl i yeah, so, wait, wait, but yeah. let's keep this one clean huh it's st patrick's day and your mother's it's here st. Patrick's day. my mother's here oh my sainted mother hi see now the, the irish just sounds silly the Irish accent just sounds silly to me, as opposed to the Scottish accent, which can be silly, but it's it's very it also sounds very cool to me. Yeah. But Irish just kind of oh look at me <laughs> oh look at the way to the world of the I love the Irish accent just because it remind, my grandparents. Uh, it's like so few people really speak that way yeah, or yeah. have that accent, and right. it's so like. Um, they had a very specific, like, the, su- the southern... Right, right. You know, every, everyone has, like, their specific Irish accents, too. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody speaks like my grandmother, it's like, oh, like, yeah, you yeah. just want to go oh, I love it. Them. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But it's just, I think, the associate... Well, it's funny, because I was thinking about this, and I, I totally spaced on the fact that it was St. Patrick's Day, like, until last night at about 10 o'clock. Um, and then, uh, but, but I was listening to some NPR report from... Somewhere horrible, oh, like oh, the refugee camps on like the east or the uh, western side of uh, of uh, Egypt the, with the Libyan uh, thing, and yeah. there was like a relief worker there, and he's Irish. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> so I see what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just like you know, it's just like listening to someone delivering things like. But it's a humanitarian crisis. And, you know, it wasn't like he had a really heavy Irish accent. He probably spent some time in America, you know, because he had kind of that. But or either that or, you know, it's like he sounds like he's from Boston or something, you know, someplace where there's a lot of, like, Irish accent in there. But still. He shouldn't just, be talking about human crisis. Right, right. It's just exactly, well, everything sounds fine because they've got some <laughs> Irish in there. Well, you know, things could be worse. <laughs> Could be a lot worse. Could be worse, and may the sun be at your back. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll make out fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, faith in bitchabbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything will be on. Well, things are looking up. In the shake of the shillelagh. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I like the Irish accent. I just, I just. Maybe it's because I'm too close to the matter. It's to, it's it's for lighter things. It's for telling it a story of a talking fish or, <laughs> right. or ordering a bunch of liquor. It's not right, necessarily right, right. for like talking about how <laughs> right. the world is ending. Yeah, when you consider when, when you consider how awful Irish history has been. Right. Yeah. You 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 know, no wonder no one takes them seriously. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going on a hunger strike until <laughs> the English are out. Like, well then, I guess you'll just starve, old Patty. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I they need something. Don't know. So let's I, not get too political, especially <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we shan't. We shan't. Uh, well, let's go back into your history. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you rather go back to politics? I, I, I prefer politics. I do not. Born That's, in Petaluma. Born in Petaluma. No, no, born in San Francisco. Born in San Francisco. Grew up in Petaluma. Right. Started comedy in Sacramento. Yes. Oh, how was that? Oh, God, Joy. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine. Sacramento. The burgeoning comedy hot. scene? Yeah, it was amazing. There was some amazing. Actually, Brian Posehn was there. He he was like a, a, a junior to my freshman when I started doing stand-up comedy. Um, that was cool. He was one of the first comics I ever met. But... Um, yeah, it was like I had flown out of college, and I was lying to my parents, um, being like, yeah, it's great. I'm so good. I love it. And I was, like, drinking, <laughs> laying in the street, and I never went to class, and I had, like, a point three. I thought, like, I went to my was acting class. Was your blood class. alcohol level higher than your Oh, much. Your I'd say average? double, probably. Oh, sweet. Easily. Um, yeah. I, I, Overachiever. I just couldn't handle being, like, on my own, like... <laughs> Are you saying that I can drink and eat fast food whenever I want? Whoa, like that was I loved that. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. So uh yeah, I got kicked out and then basically doing stand up was like proving to my family like, "See, I'm back on track <laughs> doing stand up." Um but I, but it was something I always wanted to do kind of secretly and I kind of figured I never would. It's <laughs> just so sad about me, but I did um, because I kind of just made my life that terrible. Just um, kind of how you have to do <laughs> so, it sometimes. So so yeah. So breaking into stand-up comedy in Sacramento looked like a good option. That was yeah. So I I think a lot of folks a lot of folks uh, who listen to the show would probably actually understand what that means. Yeah. The, the implications of of starting out doing stand-up in Sacramento. you got to shut every other door so that you can open <laughs> that one, the scariest door of all. The scariest That's door a scary door. It's a big, it's yeah. scary. Especially when you want to do it. Like, for me, I, that's the thing that's the most difficult. If I really want something or, mm -hmm. you know, should try, yeah. that's terrifying. I mean, that's, like, almost 
unapproachable to me. So I, I'm with you. Absolutely with yeah. you. Yeah. That whole fear of success thing that I hear people talk about. Is that mm-hmm. kind of what it is? I'm not afraid. Is it of that, that or is it alcoholism? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it could mm-hmm. be anything. <laughs> well, I, I, all I can speak for is is me in that it's it's to be disappointed at something that you really really want is horrifying. Yeah. Horror, horror, mm-hmm. horrifying. Absolutely yeah. the worst thing. Um, that that for me is what it was. Is is what if I try this and I suck at it? You know. And that's, and that, that's what kept me from doing it for years. Yeah. Years and years. And there's also the vulnerability thing, which I've always, you know, had a humongous problem with, which is like, you to want something, you have to kind of show that, yeah, and yeah. especially on stage, you know, yeah. when you're doing stand up. For years, I was the I was the bitchy girl that like had a sassy comeback or whatever, and it's like it's so unapproachable and almost to me kind of uninteresting retrospectively. Where it's like it's the, to me the people on stage are the most interesting are really being real, really kind of there and open and and are really vulnerable, yeah. and that that's just terrifying, you know. That's like, yeah. and that's also why I hate bad comedy. To me, in my opinion, the bad comedy is the comedy where people aren't being vulnerable and kind of are putting on this show that anyone could do or reciting lines you know yeah it's, it's like well, anyone could do that there's a mechanic well I don't think it, but yeah I know exactly what you're saying I think I still think it requires a certain kind of talent but it's like when you listen to someone playing music and you can tell it's technically good but soulless right you know it's like it's like the most pop music you can listen to it and you're like I appreciate that I can even dance to it but you know it's certainly not my cup of tea right you know it's not affecting my no, yeah, soul exactly. In any it, way. It's not, yeah. It may be entertaining, but it's not. It doesn't move you in any, in any particular way. And something honest moves you more than someone going through the motions of, you know, I can tell this joke, and that's because that, that's always been kind of the weird line for me. Is you know, you listen to people who go on the road a lot. It's like, well, I can turn any room around, you know, by I have my jokes that I can tell, and I can you know read the room and do that. And I'm like, that's a skill, and that's something that's interesting, but. You know, if it's just like this crowd likes dick jokes, boom, go for the dick joke. You know, it's like, oh, hey, misogynists, I got your number or whatever it is. It's like, you know, anybody can say that. It's like anybody can do provocative art. Well, that's crowd control. Uh, You know, turning turning a room around. Yeah. It's it's one thing if, yeah, like you're saying, you're just giving them what they want to hear. If I'm up there and I'm talking, and then I just start talking about my tits or whatever. That's first of all, I would not, that has nothing to do with me. Material about my tits always works. Does it? Well, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's different because that's from your soul. Totally. And that's then you are being. <laughs> it is a burden I carry. <laughs> but when you turn like I've I had a night uh, I did I don't know why but the the guy that ran um, his name is Mark Babbage, he's an awesome guy. I don't know if you guys have ever played the Laugh Stop in Houston. It's closed yeah. now, but. It was an awesome club, and he headlined me once. Like, this is a while ago, uh-huh. and he let me be the headliner, which I, th- I still laugh about and can't believe. And the first night I walked out there, and, and I was like, hello, Dallas. I don't know what I was I didn't do it to be funny. <laughs> just... I did not do it on purpose. I was just kind of super nervous and not really thinking. And so, like, basically, the entire audience immediately, I had two words out, and they immediately hated my guts. <laughs> and I had to win them back. And it was the first night, which is like, it's oh, it always uh, starts yeah, yeah. scrappy and gets better by the end of the week. Um, but I, I remember the, at the end of that set being like, well, I didn't leave early. And I didn't, you know, cry. And I didn't da-da-da. Like, I still did my stuff. And uh, it's so, I mean, yeah. That reminds me of, of the fact that, and this was a phenomenon I really hadn't heard about, but... Um, just the idea of a comedian, as I'm a musician, uh, primarily in performance in the past, 
the idea of walking out on a stage and looking at the crowd or looking at the room and getting a vibe and just going, no, and just walking away. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen that happen? Because I can't, I couldn't imagine that. I, 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 I've never seen that happen. Well, not, I wouldn't say that like you, it isn't visual. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to do a little something first, but like it, it happened to me. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> of course, there was a one-nighter that used to have to do um, when you were the middler at, the, I think it's called the Comedy Underground in Seattle. I was middling for Patton Oswalt. And so as the middler, I had to go headline at a bar in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> and um, which I was like, this seems like a really bad idea. Like I literally had maybe 17 minutes of material pushing if I talk slow. And I was like, I'm in a headline? Like this isn't, like, again, why? Um, but so I drive out there with this guy who um, was a lovely man. He was easily 67. And he was the opener. And he, his whole set consisted of those kind of jokes like, um, you know, the the shepherd and the the punchline. It's something about the Rolling Stones and a shepherd and the punchline is, hey, McLeod, get off of my you or whatever. Oh. You know, that was his closer. I heard my uncle tell that same joke at like a wedding when I was 15. I call those, I call those grandpa jokes. Yeah. Yeah, those and are grandpa jokes. He had a grandpa set. I had a, I had a grandpa opener oh. and, the, and the audience loved it. We were in a bar in a hotel. And the audience loved it. And then I got on stage and I was like, this is, I just knew, like, this isn't going to work. Me and my wry observational (laughs) comedy about how it is to be, you know, whatever. Like, no one's going to get my references. No one's going to care. And I spoke incredibly quickly just trying to get to, like, here's a good one. And it would just be like, meh. Here's a good one. It's like, you're right. I'm not going to give you knock-knock jokes. Like, I kept trying and tr- like okay what about this this is here's something and and also you you're standing there appraising your own comedy as you do it of like this is crap like this only works in not only in LA but like in Silver Lake like right, this right, works right, nowhere right, right. else I'm a fraud you go through the whole thing it's terrible somebody walks up and puts a shot on the stool and then the like the audience starts going like drink it drink it and I was like I can't I can't <laughs> like like the biggest buzzkill in the world I'm like I can't sorry I have epilepsy and uh, <laughs> they were like drink it they just kept yelling and so I was like you know you you know what you guys that's been my time and I walked off stage at probably like the 13 minute mark and the whole audience it just was like like that and it was like it was terrible and I felt horrible but it was like. I can't drink this. You're not going to stop yelling. You don't care about what I'm saying. Like, I'm not talking about my vagina. So there's no interest. We have nothing in common. And the best part was I walked out. Like, the opener kind of gave me a look like, wow. (laughs) Like, (laughs) wow, that was unprofessional. Why didn't you pull out your limericks? Doesn't everybody have 20 minutes of limericks? (laughs) You're not a professional. (laughs) And uh, as I walked out the door of the bar, because we were staying in the hotel, I I walked out the door of the bar and went down three doors and then went into my hotel room. (laughs) And as I walked out the door, there was a guy standing in the doorway who just very quietly, as I passed him, went, boo. (laughs) Right right into my ear. Boo. Boo. It's awesome. And that I knew as I stood there watching the knock knock joke opener, I was like, this is going to be terrible. I mean, I was very, you know, I I was in a bad position anyway. Like I wasn't really strong enough to be the headliner in Moscow, Idaho and give that audience what they wanted. I didn't have the material. I didn't have it. But I knew it. And it was that kind of thing where I just was like, this is going to be painful for every one of us. Yeah. No one is going to win. <laughs> no, we all lose. Turn yeah. Seinfeld back on. 
You should all keep watching that show. <laughs> it was uh, terrible. Yeah, no, I think that's. Uh, I think that there's a difference between realizing you're gonna just eat shit and walking. I think. I think. I think what you what you're talking about, Brody, is a myth. Okay. You know, I th- unless unless you're the headliner and you've gotten an opportunity to see, you know. This is going to be. I might as well be standing in front of a firing squad. Yeah, and and done. Well, uh, also because that wasn't a club. It's right, that right, thing right. too, where yeah, like yeah. when it's those informal or like I did colleges. I did a college once where it was like I was in a. It was outdoors, which you're, they're not allowed to do, but they did it anyway. I'm outdoors in a gazebo, and the, <laughs> and there's a cr- a group of students who are literally like. A hundred yards away on a hill, on a grassy hill, what? and I'm supposed to do my rye comedy right, material right, right. for them. And I was standing there, just like just saying it. I can't hear them. Like the laugh comes five seconds later. It's just the weird. <laughs> and then the best part was, I was like seven minutes in, and I was just mad. I was just like blah 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 blah. You know, nothing. It's all bad. And then the sign that says like "Welcome Karen Kilgariff" that was painted probably by some cheerleaders just falls down on one oh. side, and I just like turn around. I was like, "You guys, let's call it. See you later." <laughs> like, I've see you later. Good night early so many times in my career. Uh, uh, yeah, pain. Yeah. A lot of pain. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, that's the... I, why? Why even... It's obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> this, is, this is the part that, that twists my brain into a little tiny knot, is you don't have to have produced a thousand comedy shows to realize that <laughs> that's not the... Look... Like an arena rock band would have a hard time with that setup. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and, and it's just like you. It's not like they pick me off the internet. This this was back before the internet, where I had to go to NACA and audition, and they watched right, 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 me, right. and they thought in their heads this would be good for our gazebo party night or whatever the hell. Right. Like this was somebody's idea. Right, 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 right. So I was just standing. Like I remember standing. Maybe it isn't a myth because I remember standing in the bathroom beforehand in the sorority house, and it was the tiniest bathroom with the most the loudest most obnoxious flowered wallpaper I'd ever seen and I was just standing in there like and I was I was also in Arkansas maybe that's like the final ingredient but I was just standing there like this is this is going to be terrible like and my of course my bad attitude doesn't help but like I have nothing to give these people like I'm the comic that they they would hate on TV in turn, and now right, right, I've been right, right. hired to entertain them for an hour. Yeah, unless it's some weird like uh, like uh, Wicker Man sort of <laughs> let's bring one of the big city comedians in here and sacrifice them so that we have a good harvest. Awesome is they they run around and like light the gazebo on fire. Like, Wait, you you're tying me to it? Uh, all right, all I right. don't have a closer. That's fine. That's fine. I'd rather right, go this right, right. way. Um, yeah, totally. It's rough. Colleges are. Have you done colleges? No, no. They can't. Oh, some of them can be amazing. Right. I've had. I'd say I've had equal great as in bad as bad. Um, but the bad ones, man, are like. There's nothing like an like an angry teenage early teenager that's sullen, like, sullen yeah. youth. I think once somebody yelled, "My parents are paying for this," at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So you should be having fun. <laughs> this is my dad's money that you're wasting. Uh, oh, Wait, man. you're concerned? All of a sudden, you're concerned about how your parents are spending <laughs> your money? <laughs> now you care because I suck. Oh, okay, uh, fine. 
man. But I also got this was my best heckle. I was at a, <laughs> I was at a college in upstate New York, and uh, I did I had some bit about cheerleaders, of uh-huh. course, just talking shit about how stupid cheerleaders are. And this kid who was like, I think he just came in from um, uh, basketball practice. He had his his outfit on or whatever like a bunch of them came in really late and at the end of it and he just puts a head back and goes my mama's a cheerleader <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing like he, he it made me laugh so hard I was just like that's the best laugh we're gonna get tonight you guys see you later tonight. Come on that's my time that's my closer yeah, your, your joke is my closer wait, where were you I was waiting for you you should have been here five minutes ago and that's another one where when I got there the guy the guy that was in charge bless his heart was like so do you have any um, do you have any tapes or like sound cues for me or anything and I was like who is here before me? And they're like Mary Ellen Hooper. And I don't know if you've seen her act, but she's she does, she has a thing where you put it you put a tape in, and then she kind of like acts out these sound effects. Uh-huh. So it's you know it, it which is hey guess what it's smart to have a closer. You know what I mean? Like that's what I learned from that. But I was like, oh yeah, no, this isn't gonna be like that at all. This is gonna be like a lot of talking and a lot of like me sneering at you. And yeah, it's not this. I'm the opposite of her. You're not gonna like this at all. <laughs> Where do you want to put your props? Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> guess what? I, I might fiddle with something on stage. <laughs> I'm do you have a mic stand? I'm going to grip that mic stand like <laughs> nobody's business. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my only prop is a blank stare. <laughs> uh, but I'll use it, believe you me. That's I'll work right. the stage with I'll it. I'll beat um, you over the head with it. Oh, no, no, I, uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. That's because that, that's the thing is 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 I'm so used to L.A. and you know the ability of you know folks to do pretty much what they want to a, a generally receptive audience. The shows that I have done, <clears throat> you know, with basically non-comedy fans. Although you know what? No, that's not true. The shows I've done in San Francisco were, were really good. Um, but just you know, people off street. But but you know, the occasional shows that I've done where it's like. People are coming for the free beer and staying yeah. for the comedy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, those are just a completely different animal. You know, they really show that it's you're kind of a hothouse flower in some respects. Well, I think in this town, especially because uh, people start shows because they want to do comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a. It's not that. Um, not to say. It, the other thing I'll say about that other stuff too is I I was I I came up in clubs, but then when I moved to LA, immediately started doing quote-unquote alternative comedy which to me meant i don't have to write i don't have to think it out i'm just gonna talk my way through this which was like that's fine at the uncabaret or whatever little like club click you're in but the second you step out of like the county line you're dead meat and and i had to learn that lesson in the most like pan in the face way it was crazy learning that but i think here there there is a little bit of that like I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to have a room. I'm going to, you know, it's like, the, it's like a little world that you create for yourself. Yeah. And I think there is a benefit to, to playing to those crowds that may not like you or may not whatever. Cause you do have to, um, open your own world up a little. You have to think, oh, yeah. what do they want to talk about? As opposed to what, what am I doing in Silver Lake t- today that I'm going to tell them about? Which I think is, which I think is important, but it's, it's the flips. It's the right way to do the, these people like dick jokes. I think if you can find that, I think that's the whole BS about finding your voice is, is 
making comedy that you like that you think is funny that you could, that also is universal enough to translate or at least you could put together a set that you could play you know in Moscow Idaho presumably <laughs> at least that's the good luck at least that's the that's, <laughs> that's the, the theor- dream that's the theoretical goal but also I think I am a hot house flower in that way where the, I think your average comic would go and do that and chunk through it and just kind of like eh that's how it is but to me it was like my soul was draining out of my feet and also you know I couldn't drink I wanted to drink and I was oh, just standing boy, up there I can and it was only imagine not I really being able do. to drink yes. being in those situations terrible and yeah. and like that kind of thing of every time I get on stage I question whether or not I should be doing it I always have done it that way it's the worst thing to do to yourself it should never be that way uh like you it can't you can't give that much power to the audience Mm -hmm. because they'll take it and turn it on you Mm -hmm. and even if they're even if they don't mean to you will create a situation I mean you just it can't be that way you have to be enjoying yourself and kind of believing in yourself enough to be be enjoyable I I I I I believe in myself enough until I see tapes of me doing comedy. <laughs> I can't watch myself. I have a really hard time. I yeah, have a yeah. really hard time listening to or watching myself. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I feel great. I love it. I watch myself and I go, man, that guy fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, even if it was a good set. Right. Just like, it's, it gives me, the, I'm given like, I get the shiver right That now. probably means that you're good because that means that you give a shit and you're not, I mean, the worst people, my friend Laura Milligan calls it the people who can't hear the silence. Oh. And there's, you know, so many of them and they, usually they do very well in this town because it's like, really all you need is to be kind of hard headed and, and very thick skinned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of like chunk your way through it what's the Woody Allen quote is like 90% of success is showing up yeah and I think that ends up well but then again what gigs you know are they getting just expensive big time TV shows (laughs) 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 they're just paying their bills living great lives dab myself (laughs) it's a tough uh, yeah it's a heart it's a heartbreak and you've you've gotten involved more in I mean your first big TV deal being Mr. Show, obviously. And then you were... Oh, you want Mr. Show? <laughs> I was that nurse. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. Which one were you? Were you Were you Bob or David? I was David. <laughs> I and, thought I recognized you. And then you were... I mean, you, you do more writing now, too. Like, I know... I mean, obviously, um, the Ellen show that you were a big part of. Mm-hmm. And I heard on Mark Maron's show that you... We're living on the East Coast for a while, working on marriage with? I was. And how was that? It was great. Great. <laughs> um, very fun. I loved living in New York. I'd never lived there before. Okay. And that, yeah. There were some powerhouse comics involved with that. I mean, in, in every sense of the word. Well, I mean, you can say anything you want about the show, but I got to meet and hang out with, for a very brief amount of time, Ricky Gervais. So, like, yeah. I literally can die tomorrow, and I'm happy. He, it was the greatest experience, I, just simply for that. I am, I am, I am certainly of a of of a mind where I could certainly be snarky and cynical about things, but I know how hard it is to get work, and I know how hard it is to do whatever it is you want to do in this town creatively. I don't really care. You know, it's like people can. It's it's the whole like Dane Cook bashing thing. It's like, look, he works hard. He he does his set, whatever. Go do your thing. It's not my thing. Go do your thing. Right. But, but it's just like I saw some. Of the, I mean, I, I never really watched the show. I saw clips. It's not my not my well, gig. Has your season aired yet? No, I don't know if it will. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, really? Like, right as we were shooting it, the switchover, I don't. I won't be able to name any of the people or sure. whatever, no, but, right. like, they got rid of the one guy and put in the other guy and whatever. shelved whatever. it, or I don't know really know what's happening, but, um, well, but you know, it's, it, here's the thing, I mean, it, I, I bought a house at the top of the market, and I have a mortgage that I have to pay no matter what, yeah. like, and I will for the next 30 years, so... I'll take whatever is there because I'm kind of lazy and I don't I don't really care that much anymore like I I just don't care but also my friend Paige Hurwitz was the EP and I worked with her on Last Comic Standing she ran that show also and when she got this one she's like let's you know we get to move to New York and da 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 like how fun that would be and she is really one of the most talented producers I've ever worked with and I I really respect like how she works and what she knows right. and so I kind of I've kind of like gone under her wing as as I, I'm using her as my mentor because she's really really good uh, at what she does and it's really great to meet a woman who is a good a good executive producer but also just like does the job very well I think it's very yeah. impressive and it's very rare so um you know she could she could work on Jersey Shore and I'd be like I'm there I don't care yeah I just I think that it's disingenuous a lot of people beef about stuff like that where if they were put in a similar position they would take they would take a job they yeah a job. it's tv yeah, money it's crazy tv money <laughs> it's crazy, you got, yeah, it's, it's, when you're making that kind of money yeah, yeah. a week it's sure. you you've got to take sure. that money it's yeah. real life but i i mean i also see the marriage rift to me seemed like a kind of a cool return to a form of television that i feel like i mean you have you know celebrities and funny people I mean, it like just, a panel show. Yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking of like some of like the old like match game or you know just you know stuff from What's like the '60s and the '70s. Like yeah, yeah, even. Yeah, I mean, there's you were being. I'm. I should say I'm being very uh, like almost apologetic about it, but I'm kind of saying I'm speaking to the comedy world where you know un- unless you are you're supposed to be offended by that everyone's supposed to have a job on 30 rock basically right. and if you don't right, then you right, need right. to apologize so yeah. you know i just want you to know it's a safe space here really <laughs> this <laughs> is a safety tree <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. i like it well no i mean i don't i but it doesn't um it doesn't really bother me because i'm kind of past i'm i'm too old for that like you know that's i feel like that's kind of for the 25 year olds but i'm not going to pretend like um, that's my dream job or that that's like sure. the, that's a situation that I particularly love uh, but, I, but I have to say I really like producing television um, I really like that I know how to do it especially since I flunked out of college and kind of wasn't really going to be doing much anyway in your face mom and dad <laughs> right? look I did something you know it's like uh, you know working on Ellen I learned a little bit, but a lot of that being a, a daily show and stuff, there was yeah. just a lot of... That's it was, so much work, five days a week. It's crazy, and it's panicky, and everything is very emergency, you the know. Amount of, amount of time we have to spend on this thing. Right? Yeah, so yeah. you can tell, if you Garbage. multiply this by ten... <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got to be kind of a rush, too, I would imagine. It's crazy. It's really crazy. So, is it like in that show, 30 Rock? <laughs> I have to say, but I don't know if you guys know Jarrett Grody, but he's my friend, he's a comic, and he was so mad at me when 30 Rock came out and I wouldn't watch it. And he was so livid, and he's like, you're being really... And I'm like, the only reason I can't watch it is because I live it during the day, where it's like a girl a girl with dark hair and glasses running up and down hallways like a lunatic, trying to get people to do things, and they won't do it, and they've all got their own... You know what I mean? Like, that was right. my life. I'm not going to come home and sit down and watch someone 
do it better, funnier, and for way more money. It's, this is, it's a slap in my face. I can't. I can't. You wouldn't ask your grandpa, who was a meatball surgeon in, in, in Nam, to, <laughs> to watch, watch MASH. MASH. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's yeah. not, yeah, the Korean War isn't funny to him. Yeah. And that's that. It was my Korean War. <laughs> lost a couple really, of my lost a couple of my good friends. Really some good people that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, no, totally. Now I want to ask you about your your role as far as last comic standing because we've had a lot of guests who are on the show. I mean, we figured so far four. Gosh, I mean Ron Babcock, and um, who else? Uh, Amber. Amber. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just you know, so. Can you tell us just about your 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 time working on that show? Oh well, um, basically they this it was just last season and um, they their ratings started doing well, um, so they got more money. So Paige called me and was like, "We is her and and Hugh Moore. I don't know if you know him. He's mm-hmm. hilarious comic. Yeah, yeah I love He you. was the writer. Great guy. And uh, we should have you on the show. Yeah, he's make it up, Brody. He's awesome. <laughs> Write that down. Um, I love I love I love you a lot. Uh, so he was the it was him and Paige as the writers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe so, I did know that. So uh, she called me and said, "We just got a little bit more money. Will you yeah. please come and help us out?" Um, and so I did. And uh, so I was just basically there for the, I think it was like the last two months. It was it was the less people that were on the show, the more um, content they needed. Right, right, right. So right. so I got to kind of jump in there, and and he and I worked together. He's the greatest. I love that guy, and. Uh, Again, got to work with Paige, who's really, I mean, someone who's like an EP, who is kind of, you know, overseeing everything, but then she can write a script herself and is totally willing to. Like, stuff like that, that's, um, you don't see it that often. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Did you have much contact with the contestants? Not really. I mean, like, the stuff I did, we wrote for Craig a lot. Right. Who I adore. He's really so hilarious and such a cool guy, such a nice person. Um, and you know, like kind of in passing, we'd say hi to the, to them, but it's, um, yeah, I didn't like, yeah, I, I just, just party with them. Right? Like, <laughs> I just would imagine them being like, tell us stories from Mr. Show. And, no, no. I mean, they, you I know, mean, that's like, what I would do. That's, you probably, that's what I will be doing. I was going to say, you will probably be doing that too. Five. <laughs> Don't telegraph your punches. Three. I think they're a bit, they were, they were a bit like, well, they were having their time, you know, they're. Yeah, yeah. I doubt they were even right. thinking of that. They were they were in a real contest, and they were like, right. and also I can't I can't imagine doing three minute sets. The idea that those guys got out there like You've, Tommy you John open mics in this town. Right <laughs> That's right. That's right. I need a good seventeen minutes to get my ideas across. Yeah. But um, like Tommy Jonigan got out there, and it was like he must have done twenty jokes in three. I would just sit there going like, this is yeah, this is like the, what I could do. I could do my. I can do my shortest open mic set right now. Go for it. Hi, I'm Gene George. Here's my joke. Thank you. That's my time. Literally was like, I got a joke out. Yeah. I'm done. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was at El Cid's old open mic. Wow. They would pack in. I've probably told this story before. They, they would pack in in an hour as many people that signed up. So if 10 people signed up, wow. you get six minutes. <laughs> if 100 people signed up. You got 35 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people running out yeah. hello my baby oh yeah. I'm Gene George I've been Gene George thanks I love comedy <laughs> oh. laughter <laughs> boom good uh, and you have to wait for 70 people before you get to do that <laughs> yes absolutely and then you get bumped at the end yeah because Chris Rock had to come and do his 30 second set right right 
You know what's funny? Thank you, that's my time. <laughs> you can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. Something like, this is Shakytown Radio. <laughs> like that. That's perfect. And then I say my name. Yeah, you you do an example one, and then I can copy you. <laughs> Hi, this is Brody Foster Hubbard, and you're listening to Shakedown Radio Hour. Oh, don't do that shit to me this Like, like I'm a do, I'm a Gwen Stefani on your live uh, 105s or whatever. I yeah, see, totally. I see, I get yeah, it now. Exactly. I was afraid that I was supposed to somehow be <laughs> doing something administrative. <laughs> we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll the be FCC, off from five to seven tomorrow. The FCC requires it. Yeah, actually, I don't know how to do it. you know that emergency broadcast system? We need you to do that. I don't know. How to do it. That's a perfect example of my neuroses. Well, I, I don't know how to do that right. Okay, then don't do it at all. That's the that's no, the solution. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is Karen Kilgariff right here with you on Shaky Town Radio. Did it get too quiet at the end? <laughs> it got too sensual. That was like, I was coasting. This was very, yeah, it was very much. I was too much, I was too much on the coast. Right. And I was probably too close to the mic. <laughs> Let us spits. How, or at what point did you incorporate guitar into your stand-up? Well, Marilyn Cup and I used to do the Girls Guitar Club back way yes. back when. I was using this as a backdoor into that. Oh, really? How manipulative of, of you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we did that for a while, and that's when we were doing that. That's I, when it started. Yeah, okay. I barely knew how to play. Both of us. I mean, that was all real, like the whole you know, yeah. learn learn to play, all that stuff we were doing on stage of trying to play songs was completely real. There was yeah. nothing. There was well, there was almost nothing. After a while, we started getting better, <laughs> and we had, then we could actually like write songs and play our own songs. But truly, I'll never. Our, the first night we did a show, we did it at Genghis Khan in that room. And there was like it was some, it was somebody else's music show, and then they let us do a thing, and we tried to play "Hold the Line," and it was truly like there was like a seven second pause between each bar chord. It was crazy. It could not <laughs> couldn't hold the strings out. It was, it was and people went insane. So we were like, okay, this is this badness is good, and we need to keep doing it. Um, so yeah, we did that for a long time, and then yeah, then we stopped, and then uh, then I felt kind of like almost like out of respect for that act I didn't want to do it by myself and then like I don't know it's it's something that it's just kind of what it's something I kind of do you know what I mean mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I really I like making up songs I really like to play the guitar and I start I started writing again because uh my friend Ed Krasnick um who has a he has like an online. Everybody's got a show and a podcast. <laughs> and the future is now. Believe you me, I know this. It's crazy, <laughs> but um, but he has like a his is on like a streaming online one or whatever. But he yeah. it was called the self help hoot nanny or something like that. So he's like, yeah, will you, he one. just requested. He was like, will you write a song for this show? And I was like, oh, a self help song. Okay. So then I that's how I wrote the first one that the. Um, I want to win song. That's how that came out. It was basically someone saying, would you write it for the show? And then my friend Paul Kozlowski uh, started doing these comic strips and he was like, will you write a song for my Catholic, uh, I'm, I'm playing a priest and blah, 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 whatever. Will you write a song for this cartoon? So it was basically kind of like out of necessity. Like I was, you know, 
of course not being paid, but taking these like <laughs> gigs of people just uh, requesting it. And then I realized like I should just be doing this again because because when I would do the, my act, I finally had closers and I finally had right, like right. Uh, blah blah blah. And now I'm gonna do something that's gonna ma- definitely make you all laugh. What a great feeling! <laughs> I better do this more. <laughs> There's nothing like having a closer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying that the point of doing comedy in front of people is to make them laugh? Hold on a second. Why are you advancing these... Ra- I didn't. I wouldn't have had you on this show if no, I... No, I know. Knew but you have to hear me out. Radicalism. Hear me out. You heard it here first. People need to be entertained. What? I wasn't a believer for a long time. Oh, my goodness. Ask anyone that saw me. Clearly, I didn't give a shit about the audience for Arkansas. a very long time. <laughs> Moscow, Idaho. The, the, good, the good students of Arkansas... <laughs> The poor people of Idaho. You were like the stand-up uh, equivalent of those emo bands that play with their backs to the <laughs> yep, audience. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but with more disdain. Right, right, Like, right, I right. couldn't... Uh, yeah, I was I was emo <laughs> with with no feeling. <laughs> so it's just all disdain, basically. Terrible. Terrible. I'm, I apologize to everyone for the 90s. What is it about... <laughs> for all of them? <laughs> for the entire for decade everything. and everything I did and didn't do. You know, even... I've been here for all of four years but I mean that first year I moved here my songwriting just went boom downward because like yeah I got really numb and jaded really fast is that just I guess that's just how it goes here right well it's to me I think you move here usually because you have this dream right of whatever this thing is that you want to do and for me when I moved here it was like I got here and with my oh, I'm, you know, the comic from San Francisco, and I can do this and that. And then I got here, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm one of a million, and I'm fat, and I'm not good enough, and I'm this. You know, like, it all gets super hard Mm -hmm. very quickly. And so, for me, my thing was always like, I don't care, you know, (laughs) which, (laughs) guess what, me, neither do they. Like, it's that whole thing of, like, it was kind of the rebellious, like, uh, I'm going to stand up here and prove to you even though I'm standing up here trying to do comedy, prove to you I don't care while I do it. It's it's very backwards, but it's hard because if you do care, you could again where it's the vulnerability thing where you just yeah. get eaten alive, or you you know, or you just care. You care. You do something that you mean, and no one gives a shit. I'm gonna prove I care less about myself than you do. That's right. Ooh, in your face, audience. Heckle me. I'm I'm not even gonna. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. It's so awful. This one night, I just like, <laughs> this one night at the improv. I mean, I've been here's. I'm not saying I'm not a good comic, or I I think I've written some funny stuff, but I've been a terrible, terrible performer. Terrible. And what I like these days is that comedy has become so uh, fan centric, and yeah. so you know what I mean. Like it's like people who love comedy have really taken it and like put it somewhere and made it important and made it good and. And, and come together around it. It's really lovely. And my whole approach is like so archaic of like <laughs> the audience. But they're all sitting there like, no, 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 we built this for you. Or I was like, oh, I had to adjust to that. Like, right, right, right. oh, I can, I don't have to hate you because you are, you don't hate me. Like you're here because. It's a welcoming thing. It's a very yeah, lovely yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. As opposed yeah, to yeah. like you're saying where it's the, it's the room full of strangers who right. are drinking and they're just out because yeah. it's their bridal shower I have to harpoon you like a whale reel you in and flense the laughter off of you exactly (laughs) I'm I'm here with my dukes up (laughs) you're not gonna hit me in the face and it's just like lady take it easy but one night at the improv (laughs) I had to follow a Darren Carter party starter who is he is exactly (laughs) the kind of comic who can turn any room and he is really he's that person he does 
some he's like can speak to anybody i've seen him do a lot of sets and he is good in that way he does an impression of bart simpson have you seen it <laughs> and he looks exactly like him so like that was his closer right <laughs> talking about not having a closer uh, he, he, I mean, he, this room f- went insane. This room, like, practically, like, threw their tables up in the air because this, he looks exactly like Bart Simpson when he does this thing. And then I had to go on with my bad attitude and my sassy skirt. And, uh, I'm standing up there just like, and of course, it's, I'm not like going, okay, he's done and now let's all reset and we'll bring this down a little bit. Yeah. And now here's me and just be kind of cash and take it easy or whatever. I was just up there like, 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 like emotional armor times 20, just like filled with hate and rage at nothing. And as I'm talking, I'm just like trying to get these jokes out. <laughs> a guy over on the left hand side, I hear beep beep. And uh, of course, this, this was like 1997 or whatever. So I was like, oh, what do you have a pager? Are you a doctor? And I just started ripping him, ripping him like like for 30 solid seconds of like, oh, you better get out of here, doctor, because blah, blah, blah. It just, I could I wouldn't stop. And when I finally did, I looked at him and he goes, he just held his wrist up. He goes, it was my watch. And I was, it was once again, like, all right, thank you. Good night. <laughs> like, so, so terrible. Sometimes you dig a hole. Sometimes a hole is dug for you. Yes. <laughs> you just jump right in. And you jump right in. And you blame others. That's right. As you all, you should. Yeah. It's always someone else's it's fault. It's always every, it's always the audience's fault. I'm, I'm down with that. So. <laughs> no, I think that that that's 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 a good observation. Is is it's a completely, um, I mean, the podcast thing too, and um, it's it's all definitely, you know, very niche oriented, right? You know, which is good and bad. Which is good and bad. I mean, it doesn't give you the. I I, I mean, I think you have to have an appreciation for the structure of comedy and how things are funny or what you find funny because there's a lot of niche stuff in this town that I don't laugh at right a single oh speaking of <laughs> speaking of not laughing or laughing it's Zach Galifianakis Saturday Night Live episode I've gotten like three hearty laughs out of that one mmm that's that's like a rarity that usually it's like on, on a good Saturday Night Live I'm like that's funny oh right that's funny yeah. that's funny but Three, like three. I'm like, I'm. I have it on pause on TiVo. I'm like, I'm gonna go back as soon as we're done with this. And it was I'm so excited. It, yeah. I'm exact. I'm actually. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily Zach. It was that. There was just good jokes. Good, yeah. Good jokes. Well, yeah, because he's a really good comic. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid you have someone that knows what they're doing doing that stuff. No, no. That's what I'm saying is it's not necessarily <laughs> the stuff they have Zach doing. It's just they the, the cold open. There was a good joke. There was some other. But yeah, but I mean, sketches. I think he has everything to do with that like i'm sure oh, he's yeah, writing yeah, yeah, those yeah. jokes i mean because it because i or at I, least I, picking the sketches if he has input on the sketches of what's what's good right yeah but there's there were there, there I, i'm like I'm, ex- I'm actually excited for the first time in a very long time <laughs> to go back to an episode of saturday night live and look at it like what does that say about me <laughs> I'm a horrible man. I don't know, but it got really quiet. It did. I was just kind of thoughtful, and I didn't. I was thinking, but you know, I worked on Zach's uh, talk show when he was on VH1. Right, right, right. Oh, Is right. that in your research? <laughs> it's my watch. Yeah, and uh, um, you know that guy's. He did the research. I did not. <laughs> he uh, he yeah, he he really knows what he's doing. I mean, he really he's he's 
he's truly funny person just in his essence. Mm-hmm. And he and that's the thing, that's exactly what I was missing and I think I started to learn that from him watching him at Largo and watching him on that show. He's truly enjoying himself. When he's up there, he can be nervous or he can be uncomfortable, but he really loves it. And that I I think I had that realization watching him of like Oh, a half of the battle is that you're having fun and then you can lead them. It's not as opposed to even being a battle. It's like it's supposed (laughs) to be a party, not a battle. Right, right, right. Even if even if that's your persona. Right. (laughs) Even if you're the fighter in your persona, it's like but if you actually are that way, probably not gonna happen. Yeah, because the words can be fighty, but if the feeling is fighty, then it's like, ew, my bum out sister's here. Like nobody wants to hang out with that girl. It only took me 11 years to figure that out. (laughs) Some people never figure it out. (laughs) See, I'm curious now because, and and the reason Gene specifically brings up Starting It Live is, I mean, because we've had a couple talks about it the last couple episodes. James James Adoming was the other last comic standing guest that I was trying to think of. And we were talking about Starting It Live with him. Um, And, I mean, obviously with with Mr. Show, I mean, there's the book, there's the commentaries. So, I mean, we, we all know a lot who are fans about the making of that show, but I'm curious as to having done stand up, having written and produced for a talk show, a couple talk, two talk shows at least. I'm now going three talk shows, <laughs> Meritra, um, and then doing a short film with a girl, a Guitar Girls Club. How is it? How do you, do you like? How do you feel as far as approaching sketch comedy? Um, I also wrote. Do you have this in there? I wrote on a sketch. One of my, my first staff writing job was on a sketch show. Um, I don't have the thing that it, I, I don't have proper like uh, pro- proper knowledge that you know. I didn't go to the Groundlings. Right. Um, everything that I have learned, I've just kind of learned by doing it or being in it. Which is actually kind of bad for me because I, it stresses me out a lot. And then I get very anxious of like, it's not good enough. It's not perfect, whatever. It's not, I'm not doing it right. So like all the stuff I learned in Mr. Show, um, like I wish I, I wasn't in the writing room. I wish mm-hmm. I were because I think that they did amazing stuff and did it amazingly right. well. Um, so like, you know, I wrote, I wrote on a sketch show that was, it was called Hype and it was on the WB, right when the WB started, remember? Whoa, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Dancing Frog. Um, and it was that's like Michigan J Frog. Oh yeah, by the by. that's right. Um, that's kind of that's how I am. When the mic goes on, I go off. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, but not go off. <laughs> no, not go you, off you, like you switch like off. the party starter. <laughs> right. I go back into the box. Um, but uh, the it's that's the thing. I think that's the thing I'm talking about. Like learning from Paige is like yeah. when you work with great people, then you learn how to do it. And when you work with people that maybe don't know how to do it as well or it's not as well-constructed, then you kind of don't. So I would say for sketch, it doesn't interest me as much because I just don't... I don't have the experience, and the experience I did have um, in writing it wasn't great. I would love to do it. I mean, Right. Is is your approach different performing it? Yeah, yeah. I love... I mean, I feel fully confident in in performing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love... See, I love sketch, but the overhead... It's it's so much easier to do stand-up. It's right. just so much easier. Sure, sure. You know, it's like you just walk out in the street and do stand-up. And then you get all the credit. There's no, there's no mistaking. Like it's <laughs> yeah, all you. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't mean I don't. I don't have. I, I don't have the ego as far as that goes. Oh, I do. I mean, <laughs> I do, but but oh, I mean, I love the ego stroke of being up there on my own and doing it, and that's it's awesome. But I mean, a good good sketch is good sketch, you know. But it's just so much more difficult to do 
that sort of thing unless you you know are working for a television company right or uh or you know have a sketch group at a college (laughs) well yeah there's it's almost like they're churning out now like in the ivy leagues and stuff it's Mm -hmm. like as opposed to like high grade lawyers and doctors right now it's like these these comedy you know but it's mega forces it's nuts it's it's been that way it's been that way really for years i mean like cambridge footlights in in the uk and and um and then you know the yale folks and and uh harvard Harvard lampoon i mean it's like it's it seems like there's always been like there's always been like this undercurrent of you know these are the scions of the rich and famous and these are the ones who do humor (laughs) you know it's like what right (laughs) but it does seem well i mean i think conan having such a high profile is kind of brought that out to the forefront yeah you know it's no longer your you know some shticky jewish guy from someplace it's like you know you know big irish (laughs) irish giant I mean, if my parents sent me to Harvard and then that's and then I wrote on television, they would be so mad at me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I much, always think about that. Where it's like, but they shouldn't be. It's, like, it's, it's a lot much, of money. But yeah. Well, and or you know, uh, that's the that's the thing about like you know Monty Python. It's like all those guys got like degrees and things from you know from Cambridge. It's like you know it's it's what John Cleese is a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he could just go and do law stuff if he wanted to. You know, it's like. Um, I don't know. Did Conan get a degree in English or something? <laughs> I bet he did. Probably. I'm sure he didn't so flunk he out teach, like me. He could teach junior. Well, look, I went to I went to junior college. So which one? Uh, Pierce. Oh, the fighting Vikings. No, the the uh, Brahmas. <laughs> Brahma Bull. Yeah. Oh. The wow. last ag school in Southern California. Wow. Or in L.A. L.A. County. It's probably other ag, ag schools in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Pierce. Um. Yeah, apparently they'll let you in. <laughs> that's our, it, that's their in motto. That's, that's their motto. We'll get let you in. in. Get in here. Well, that's that's the thing because I looked at the entrance requirements, and basically the entrance requirements are to be eighteen or older, or seventeen with signature of the school or whatever, and uh, to be able to cap- be capable of profiting from instruction. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I am over eighteen. I believe I am capable of <laughs> profiting from instruction. This school's for me. This is the place I want to be. Five dollars a unit and everything over ten units is free. Sign me up. That's what it was back then. <laughs> now it's more, I think. Probably. Because the ag business has gone through the roof. Yeah, the Harvest Festival is pretty awesome in Pierce. Mm. Very cool. Is check it out if you're yeah. in... Wait, is, is that where they have the corn maze? Out there? Uh, yeah, out, uh, it's on uh, Victory and uh, and uh, Winnetka. Really nice corn maze out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, if you Huge. like the corn mazes. I don't. I have a bit about it. It's a horrifying experience. But um, See, we go to the Underwood Family Farms in Ventura every Halloween Harvest Festival. Do the corn maze there. The Burning Man. The Wicker, Wicker Man. <laughs> sacrifice sacrifice uh, tourists. Is it like a, a family's real farm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go berry picking. You can big pumpkin patch. The whole thing. <laughs> I don't know why I can spit take a I take pleasure in these uh, things. We go on hay rides. I was about to call you a well, fucking hick. <laughs> you can slop out the uh, horse corrals if you want to. You can collect the eggs. All, ca- mm. all kinds of manual labor. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be it's volunteering at, a, at the animal sanctuary and doing some of that stuff. Because I love animals. They're great. They are great. 
Um, so <laughs> ah, I didn't mean it. <laughs> shout out to animals. <laughs> what up, animals? <laughs> Jumping back real quick to um, uh, I'll keep Guitar Girls Club. Girls Guitar Girls Club. Guitar yeah. Club. Um, we was it always meant to be a to stop at the short film? Did you have uh, plans for that as far as continuing on to like series or? installments i mean um, i guess this was been before a web series because it was yes yeah you know before the, phones. before the internet not before the internet but definitely before web series i feel like has really come to be a big thing in the last <clears throat> maybe even just a year or so right this was you know? back when they would talk about it and you'd just be like you didn't know what they meant like you'd just be like they you could write a web series like sounds great and, you know like <laughs> and people okay. could go and look at the 280 dp video on their aol.com account yeah, yeah. like yeah. what it's like when i first heard about podcasts truly i was just like that sounds dumb like that's <laughs> never is. gonna take off oh it is but but i mean like now i get like i it took me uh, up until like I did Marin's where I was like, oh, this is incredibly popular and a bunch of people are going to hear this. But like up until that oh, point, I, I always thought, well, this. but I mean, who knows? And that's the idea. It's like, it's here. Something. The internet is forever. The <laughs> internet is forever. You don't know. Anything could happen. Well, and this yeah. is true. like, this will be there. This is true. It's nuts. I look forward to being interviewed uh, by some, you know, 15 year old kid on brain casts about the <laughs> work I did here on this podcast. Yeah. You mean the ones that go straight into exactly. your head? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Oh, yeah, just exactly. <laughs> so. What are we talking about? Um, I just, I mean, I love that short film and, um, Oh, Oh, uh, we did it because Ruben Fleischer, who's a wonderful, yeah. huge director now. Um, uh, he made us do it basically. He was a friend of ours mm-hmm. and, um, he was like, you guys need to do it. And he literally, like, made us sit down. He would, like, I'm coming over. We're meeting so, at 7. So we, Stockholm Syndrome was really... Amazing. Yeah. We, had, like, had to be handheld. Because, like, that was actually... I had started... I think I just started staff writing on Hype at that time. I, I just started some staff job mm-hmm. where I was just, like, tired all the time. Like, who cares? Like, no one's going to care if we make a movie. That's, that's so classic me where I'm like, it's me and Mary Lynn Reiskub and Ruben Fleischer. And I'm like, nah, who cares? They do. They do, obviously. Um, it's paid off well for them. But, uh, yeah, he he really drove the whole thing. He got these, he got friends of his, we we had we had a costume department, we had props, we had like, he, he had all these people that came together for free. Um, it was really touching, actually, and they, you know, it's like that whole thing of let's get together and make something. Um, Got Grantley Phillips, Mark Everett of the Eels. Yes, yeah. Um, came Nick Schwartzen was yeah, our yeah. first guy. Yeah, we had a lot of people. It was really fun. And, yeah, and we had a lot of fun doing it. It was like, but it was that kind of thing of like, okay, yay, we made a thing. It was the same thing we did with, we had a website for a while. We're like, put up a website. We're like, okay. And we're like, I'm like, I have a really good chicken uh, dish recipe that I'll put on there. Like, we had no idea what we were doing ever. You were leveraging the web. That's web 2.0. Is that right? I think so. I I have no idea. We really, yeah, it was just everything was kind of throwing out there. So I think for a while we were talking about what would it, girls guitar club tv show b um but then i started working you know like 12 hour tv show day writing days and i just didn't have the will to live or be creative really i mean when i started doing ellen i stopped performing completely i Mm -hmm. didn't for five years i didn't do stand-up i didn't do anything and i didn't i didn't have any ideas i didn't have 
you know, I was totally drained, creatively drained. So it's really hard to do. I really respect people who um, do take those jobs to pay the bills and then and then simultaneously continue um, making their art. That's that's uh, that's very commendable to me. It's tough. I mean, even as doing on my end, like doing grunt work for reality television at like the lowest level of employment. That's the hardest work. Yeah, and then you're the ones carrying around the flats of water bottles. Right, all day long. right. Yeah, and I don't want to write any songs. I don't want to write any scripts or anything when I get home. I no, just wanna, you know, watch reality TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a snake in its own tail. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's crazy. I'm sorry. I, I would have I would have contributed to this conversation, but thinking about my day job just completely drained <laughs> right, right, all right. the energy out of anything. Let's get Taco doing. Bell. It was Del Taco. Right. It was Del Taco and Taco Bell. Wow. Well, and also you you know you so you're supposed to get up this energy to then go do your right. three minute set at El Cid or you know what I mean so that I can go yeah. yell at the guy <clears throat> about his watch. Like to me, it all became very. Um, it was hard to remember the great. Uh, aspects of it it all just felt like so much work and and for the way I do it and the way I look had looked at it mm-hmm. um it was like do you want to go get get into the ring and have that fight and it's just like of course not like it's nothing I'm doing is is worth the time <laughs> I have a lot of mental problems but, <laughs> but that's the way I looked at it you know it's just yeah. like I'm really tired and I just don't I I need to kill like if I go on stage yeah. if I don't really do well then it's like so are you gonna quit now it's like every single time is like is this the time it's it's over so if i don't get those laughs it's like well you're you're on your way out i've been doing that for 20 years stand up so it's working for you yeah it feels great (laughs) no wonder i'm so enraged all the time (laughs) at the audience that's forcing me to do this to myself why are you going to stop hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> exactly. Stop hitting yourself. Exactly. So having come out of the performance hiatus and and um, yeah, you're you're performing around town. Mm-hmm. I, I remember recently you were at the Akbar. That's yes. The most recent date that I. Is there a the in front of it? I don't think so. It's plain Akbar. Okay. And that's my like. That's kind of my. I would say my home club. Even though I only, you know, I only do a set there once a month. It's like you know, it's every Tuesday. Um, but I love that audience. They're so hilarious. They're so they're smart and they're low key and they're super nice. Mm-hmm. And it actually it's bad for me because I don't um, I don't have to write a ton. I, I have to say the worst habit that I have is because the thing I enjoy the most about stand up is when I go on stage and riff and kind of bullshit and make stuff up and it works. Yeah. And I would say that happens 45% of the time. That it works or you do it? That it works. Um, it, you know, it's very self-indulgent. It's rude. Um, it's like, and also when I watch the kids these days with they're just like solid, you know, people are, they work on their shit yeah, and they do. really care, which you're supposed to. Um, so, but, but I have to say, it's almost kind of like an improv thing. Like I just, yeah. I really love... There's nothing better to me than when you're in that moment, you've say you've done your joke, you've gotten the laugh going, and then you actually have a genuine in-the-room observation, or you can actually start talking about what's really happening. And that room, for me, I can do that better than I've ever been able to do it anywhere. Well, have you seen some of the stuff that Tompkins is doing lately? No. He's doing exactly what you just described. But he's always done that. Well, but he's doing it more officially, I think. Um, uh, I mean, he's recording CDs of it. 
You know, I mean, the, the, uh, I, I, as a strategy as opposed to experiment. Well, yeah, we can talk to him when we talk when we, when we get him on the show. <laughs> Well, I didn't mean that that's what I mean. You can concept. break it down for you. Yeah, but but I'm saying is is I mean it's it's I mean he released basically a, uh, an EP of all the riffs from when he recorded the CD. And Riff tracks. Yeah, it was so I was it was completely just him BSing for well because I guess I guess the recording that he did there was an intermission between him and the the middle, <laughs> so he basically had to be his own warm up act. So, mm-hmm. but but he the stuff that he does in Largo is just that, and it's hilarious. But but again, I think to your point, it's usually in a friendly room. It's in a really friendly room where well, and that's also the benefit. Fans. You know, he's got such a great following now. He's doing you know really yeah, yeah. popular, doing really well. So the people in that room trust him. They yeah, yeah. know yes. when he gets on stage, they, and they probably love it more. I think audiences really appreciate it when you do that. I mean. I remember watching him do a set at Largo one night, and he did this thing where he was talking about alopecia. Or no, he was trying to remember the word alopecia, right, right, right. and he was like, "What's that word?" And I, it wasn't one of those fakey ones. You've seen comics do that yeah, all the yeah, time; yeah. they fake it out. Right, exactly. It was real. What's the word that I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, and so this girl in the back yells alopecia, and he goes, "Jante alopecia," and the, I mean, it was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's that kind—that's exactly the kind of yeah, thing yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. where you get to have. You, you have a trust and you have that kind of su- that support right. where it's like that's the I mean that's like the gold for a performer I think yeah, but it's it's like good improv I mean you, you said it, it, it's it's, it's but you don't have to share it with anybody you get it all yourself yeah yes that's important too it is to me <laughs> <laughs> I know improv oh, there's always some jerk standing next to you uh, folding a towel lying to, yeah, <laughs> opening a window oh god that shut was, that window for once like uh, um, yeah, that was the that was the Besser note. That was the if you can't think of anything to do, go walk over and pretend to open a window. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my thing is from my friend Lynn Shawcroft uh, was in the ground. She took a groundlings uh-huh. class, and she, <laughs> that's what she did. She could never think of what to do. They'd throw her up there, so she would just always fold a towel. <laughs> yeah, and she told me that, and I cried laughing. Yeah. Just like yeah, when in doubt, just fold, fold up a towel or open a window. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have. Don't your... don't pick up a phone because then you're gonna have to have a conversation. That's right. No, no, no. You yeah. just do some space work. Yeah, exactly. Explore the space. <laughs> Explore the space as a safety net. <laughs> uh, do the denizens of the internet have any questions? I I've been looking. I have not seen any. I, Joe Reiner, uh, one of our our, our diehard fans, uh, doesn't have anything to ask, but he loves your work. Oh, nice. So. Uh, <laughs> Love your work. You're just, not that interesting. <laughs> I think he's he's he, he likes your work so much that he's paralyzed with fear oh, over the internet. That's what I like. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm, why am I making excuses? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I see no. I just checked my own. I just checked my own Twitter just in case Ooh. somebody favorited something. Can I check I was... Facebook? I haven't looked at it in ten minutes. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Uh, can I guess you could? I'd no, have to no. log out because then I won't. I'll be silent for fifteen minutes. Well, yes, Ooh. I was hoping instead you might treat us to a song. Oh, I'd love to. Wonderful. Um. Well, I could play a song that I've never played before. That would be great. It's up to you. We would love um, that. We support you. Um, We're the safe space. Wait, are we recording? <laughs> we are recording. Okay. Um, because this is, I feel bad. Uh, as I told you, I didn't fully understand the power of podcasts before. So, 
So when I, when I was in New York, I did uh, Mark Maron's uh, What the Fuck podcast. and um, WTF for those easily offended. And, uh, yeah, sorry. Who would be, who, sorry. Who that's easily offended would be listening to Mark Maron's podcast? <laughs> oh, and then they, but they don't turn it off. Um, they get past the title. Uh, so in that set I did, I had to buy this guitar the day of the show because I had just moved to New York and I didn't have a guitar and... I don't know what I was, I was like, Ugh. but I, you know, I had to have my closer. So I went down <laughs> to Chelsea Guitars to buy a guitar. And uh, as it always is in a guitar shop, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you are not in Vey Malmsteen, they hate your guts. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's just like you can't not get, you know, disdain, which obviously I'm, that is the language I speak. It's not, it's nothing that I'm afraid of. Mm. And yet, Guitar shop guys' disdain is like they take it to a level that it's it's so nuts. Especially, uh, whatever. So, <laughs> no, no, feel free to elaborate. Go on about it, but you know, it's <coughs> I understand it's like they're talented and they then they have to have these day jobs, and we all know the feeling. But it's just like you don't even get a chance to prove that you're a decent person or not an asshole. You, they're just it's right. immediately a bummer to them that you are there, and. Uh, so that's that was the experience that I had at Chelsea Guitars, but it was, um, I was like, I'm here. I have four. I, I know that I'm going to spend at least four or five hundred bucks. Right. Like the the idea that you cannot spare an ounce of customer service <laughs> when I am giving you this. When I'm just basically pointing and going, could I have one of those? I need it. Wrap and I'm, it up. I'm desperate. Well, you know. Good. Yeah. And it's just like mm, the, the I said, um, I need an acoustic guitar. With an with a you know an input and he goes what do you need it for, and I I immediately because this is the person I am and this is how I was raised and when you talk to me like that I'm it's me immediately me fighting with my sister and I was like why are you asking me that and so it was like, <laughs> and it didn't get better from there between us um, but it was just like the way he said it he could have easily meant it like well what. What? I want you, I want you to choose the correct guitar. Yes, for you, the you venue need the right and, tools or whatever. Right, exactly. But it came out as what do you need it for? What do like, you need it for? Why do you why would you ever pick up a guitar? And so it's hurtful to me. So <laughs> of course, because I'm a mature adult, um when I did that podcast that night, I was in between so I like played one song and then the applause was dying down, of course, I was getting confident or whatever, and then I just started talking. But I, but I realized I shouldn't, like, halfway through the sentence, I was like, don't do this. Because I was like, I got this guitar today at Chelsea Guitars. Those guys are dicks. And then I just went into the next song. And it was a total non sequitur. It was really mean. And then I didn't think about it at all. And then, like, a couple days later, I was like, oh, yeah, Mark Maron's podcast is, like, the no- number one on iTunes or something. Like, the odds that those guys could hear it yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are better than, than... Or someone that knows those guys. Right. It's yeah. yeah, someone could be like, here, you need to hear this. Uh-huh. And I didn't, it, to me, it was like, I just looked at it as like, I'm going to kind of gossip like a dick right now. And it's like, no, no, it's been recorded. It's on the internet forever. Like, you're a total asshole. So, I've totally over-explained this song, but this is kind of my apology ex- explanation um, ode, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I've never played it before. <clears throat> I mean, I have, personally, but... Your sign said open, that's why I came Knew I'd get nothing I would not pay for You and your plaid shirt, black retro frames 
you ask me questions, then some more questions. I don't know nothing and I am ashamed. Just came for one thing, now I'll take anything, anything. Oh, oh, Chelsea Guitars. For such a small space, there's so much pain. One endless blues riff, but so much sadder. Could I get a capo with extra disdain? Yeah, clearly it's my fault. You're not a rock star by now. Oh, 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 Chelsea Guitars. Mike and the assholes, or Tetherball Queen, or Pass Me the Beer Nuts, or The Orientals, or Mission Improbable, or Sizzling, or Spandex Pajamas, or My Cat is Famous on YouTube, Chelsea Guitars. Accept my apology. <laughs> you know, I heard that dude, he wasn't, he's not in Spanish pajamas anymore. He's not? He no. left? He no. went over to Sizzling? He's Sizzling, yeah. You know what's a total bummer? I wrote that, so I wrote that when I was in New York, and every time I wanted to do it on stage, um, uh, someone from Sizzling was in there. <laughs> someone from Chelsea Guitars with a pin was there. No, um, I just, I never, I just never did. I'd never had the confidence to do it. And, uh, um, Wait, what's the what's the point of what was I about to say? I just totally, I just totally lost the point of what I was going to say. That's so uh, weird. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> she she Dang it! Uh, well, Wait. we're talking about spandex pajamas. Yes. So. Oh, oh, uh, thank you. It, oh. I had heard so much, and I've never listened to um, best show. Yeah. And the first time I listened to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I click on a thing and it's him doing a bit with a guy where the guy calls up and requests a song and it's a whole long list of bands. Oh, yeah. It's this kind of the same joke. And I was like sitting there like, oh, <laughs> like, oh I wrote mine before I heard this, but that can't prove it. And It's still a good joke. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's been done before. But oh, yeah. it was that kind of thing of like, I thought I was being so wry and witty of like my big long list of dumb names I made up. And then like, I was sitting there listening just, to their list I was, and I was like, God, the Craigs. That's such a good fake band name. When I was listening, when I was listening, I was just thinking, I wonder how many of those are actually bands. Right? <laughs> Probably. I, I'm willing to bet. If there is a Mike just... and the assholes out there, I am their number one fan. <laughs> by name alone. Right, 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 right. the best name. There may be a Sizzling. There, there may be. very well be a Sizzling. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the other one that I was thinking? It has to be. The Orientals? That's probably a band. That wasn't the one, though. Sizzling was the one where I'm like, someone named their band. 
that's obscure and, and hipstery enough. Yes. That's it's just early 80s enough. To right. Be. It's exactly. Remember Cizlene? Oh my God. Cizlene. It'll be oh hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Our shirts can have bacon on them. Cizlene. Now there's move over bacon. That's right. Now there's something meatier. Um, yeah. No, I, I know that's a band. That's got to be a band. I, I refuse to believe that's a fake band. Yeah, feel free to. <laughs> to give myself background music? Yeah, totally. All right. I'm into it. Here's a little story about Mr. Shaw. <laughs> Tell us a story. Tell us a story. <laughs> well, uh, um, when Bob and David were picking the name, the choice was Mr. Show or Grand National Championships. And I was absolutely certain it had to be Grand National Championships. <laughs> and when they, they took votes, like they asked all of us, they asked everybody. We were at the Diamond Club one night, which is where we used to, my friend Laura, uh, the same one that said, hear the silence, uh, Milt, Laura Milligan, she used to have a show there called Tantrum. That's kind of how we all met. That's how I met Bob and David and Paul and Jay Johnston and Mary Lynn, everybody. Um, is very is a bit of a flashpoint place where everyone and that was a bit sketchy too. We did people did stand up, but for the most part, we did sketches there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so anyway, uh, they were. It was like, oh, those guys are gonna write some sketches together. That's you know, that's how everyone kind of looked at it. <laughs> and then they got a deal, and it was all great. And uh, and so they were going around asking, ta- literally taking votes on the back of a flyer. Your, your choice was uh, Mr. Show or Grand National Championships. And, like, I remember David saying it. I'm like, it, it, hands down, Grand National Championships. There's no choice. Like, that other one's dumb. It has to be Grand National Championships. And he was like, all right, okay. And uh, I think I probably was the only one that voted. For You're that. the reverse barometer of, of success. You know what? I absolutely am. And I mean that in every, everyone I don't like in terms of comedy, is incredibly successful. <laughs> and incredibly, uh, yeah, they, they always do very well. And I always, I'm always the person like makes the enemy of the, per, of the person that then skyrockets to fame. And God bless them all. You know, I'm kind of like, I'm a hit maker. That's yeah. what I do. I'm yeah. a foundation builder. What about music as far as your musical tastes? I like Kelly Clarkson. Uh, no. uh, like, who do I like? Yeah. Like, did you find the same phenomenon where who you enjoy are the obscure artists who You'd never are underappreciated? And... Never heard of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, again, I'm emo that way, where I like them first and you've never heard of them. Um, well, no, I kind of, I have to say I like girl singers. I like I like singers I can sing with and mm-hmm. to. So I'm, and I, you know, I kind of like folk music. Yeah. Uh, well, I like Patty Griffin. I like Sam Phillips. Um Amy Lou Harris. That's kind of my... And then I like like 60s, 70s soul. So, I, you mm-hmm. know, I love Gladys Knight and Aretha Frank. I like singers. Not, and I like, not so much the pips. The pips suck. <laughs> are you kidding me? They are the worst part of any fruit. <laughs> Shiny. Um, no. Uh, but I like her. Yeah. I like... I did. You, there's a video on YouTube. Um, and they do a thing where they... It's the first verse is the regular song, and then they drop out the music and the pips, and it's just her singing. And she's just incredible. Like, a voice like that is just, I, that's, I love it so much. I just, it's so, singing is so hard. I can't believe it. Unless you're me. Unless you're you, Gene. That's Um, my full name. You use my full name. I have to ask, this is a special request, that I love this story. Can you please tell your Little Richard story? Oh, <laughs> that was when I was working on the Hollywood Squares. Um, 
<laughs> hit maker. See, uh, and <laughs> we, um, he was a guest on the show that day, and we all. It was in that. Uh, what is that? ABC, CBS. Is it CBS Col- Television City? The one that's right by the Grove. Yeah, Col- by Culver. Yeah. N- no, no. By no, Culver no. Studios. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah CBS. On Fairfax. City. Yeah. yeah, Television City. CBS. So. Um, all the all the stages are down on one floor, and then like the place where they had us eat lunch and had the famous people went basically was you had to take an elevator up to it. So I went up there. We had to we were writing jokes or whatever, so I had to go up and kind of get food and come back. And uh, so I had my lunch and uh, sitting there, and there was a slice of watermelon on the top of my plate. And that was my going to be my reasonable dessert. And uh, when the doors opened. There was a there was um, a camera with the, one of those really bright lights and like a sound guy and there's like a group of people and little Richard was standing there talking to camera so his back was to me as as the doors opened and I was about to go out so I kind of couldn't leave the elevator and I and also didn't want to like walk in the shot or whatever so I was just kind of standing there holding my plate and when he was finished talking he spun around really fast and like looked at me <laughs> and it's little Richard's face which is sure. shocking enough I was like oh and uh, he looks down at my plate and goes watermelon. <laughs> I I had no idea what to do. I was just like standing. I didn't know if it was like an accusation or a, it was you know it was celebration. It could have been anything. It was crazy. It's a challenge. Yeah. And I just kind of I like did the crab walk out of the side of the elevator. Like okay, thank you. Yes, it is watermelon. Thank you for making that famous noise at me. <laughs> I think. He, do you think that it's involuntary at this point? Yes, absolutely. It, it absolutely is. It's like him clearing his throat. Right. It's like the sling blade guy. Yes. Yeah, maybe, exactly. somebody, maybe somebody gave him like really shitty public speaking advice. It's like you say um a lot, Richard. Yeah. We need to figure out. We'll, we'll figure out something you can say that uh, you'll be able to tell when you're saying um. <laughs> and it's just like he replaced one verbal tick with another. Yeah. But it's like, some musical and gorgeous. Yeah, it works yeah, exactly. out great. <laughs> it's so high. It's the weirdest yes. thing in the world. Like it's it's so female, but it's so famous. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like iconic. Yeah. It's like Elvis walking up to me like oh, whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. I was just like standing there like Did Elvis actually cause I don't I don't did he actually do that? I can never remember if he actually I've actually ever heard him do that. It's just bad Elvis impersonators. Impressions. Yeah. Well, it's in the song, right? All uh-huh. shook up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I guess he so. probably didn't but, do it around but, town. But, but, but Little Richard does that, right? Like that's his thing. Exactly. You know, that's his calling card. And would he have done it like if there was macaroni salad? Would he have just done the exact same thing? Like, would he? Was he just, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Was he just using he's my just, lunch to, he, to make yeah. the sound? Or maybe he's like realized I got to hit craft services. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for that. I'm gonna hit the <laughs> Ready to go. Um. Because I think maybe maybe if Elvis had lived, maybe he would be there. Yeah. Maybe he would be like, uh, you know, oh. Here's that thing you like. <laughs> yeah. That, thing? that sad thing that all stars think, do. I, I don't think. I don't think so. <laughs> probably not. I think he would probably. It's it's Elvis. It's, Little Richard, his contribution to American music notwithstanding, not an Elvis, <laughs> not a giant mansion, Graceland, Cadillac giving away, recording artist. Right. Different. Yeah. Different. I think I think Elvis might be. Um, might be secluded in a bunker somewhere. Right. At this point, you're saying? He probably is. If he's not right If he's now. not. If he's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, let's not bring... Look. <laughs> Come on. Let's not bring let's a conspiracy. Crazy. <laughs> we had a Dami and I. Get Jesse Venture on this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, we'll leave that to James. Fair and, enough. And Jesse Ventura. Yes. 
So, so the whole Ventura family. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got uh, coming up the next uh, couple weeks around town? What is... Or around the nation? Um, it's St. Patrick's Day today. Tomorrow. Well, it's St. Patrick's Day today. But we won't be dropping this till Monday. So if we drop it Monday, Tuesday, I uh, perform at Akbar. Cool. Um, it's the, guy's, the guy, Bruce Daniels, who runs it. It's his birthday show. Oh, nice. So that should be really good. Happy there birthday, should actually Bruce be... Daniels. Yes, happy birthday. Um, but there should be really sure good people on it. Sure he listens to this. Cool. Is there a cover? <laughs> I'm sure he's a huge fan. That show? Is, uh, five bucks. Five bucks? Oh, okay. 21 Come on, no. Come on. Everyone can afford five bucks in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. That's a gallon of gas. Um, and then I don't... Yeah, I don't know what else I'm doing. I just start, like I just started doing... Um, I just did the Palace... The, that comedy show there, which was awesome, and uh, but I mean I'm just kind of coming back into like doing doing shows around town, yeah. so I have to like call people. I've never I've never done it that way. <laughs> I've always like you know yeah. met somebody or whatever. Like that whole cold calling put me on your show yeah. makes me sick to my stomach, which is terrible. You're not supposed to like that's what people do. No, well I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess they do that. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess the lame people, people just do come and it. ask me to do shit. I guess the successful so people. Guy that hasn't gone up on a book show in two years. <laughs> People just like, ask me. They, they come, come to, me. to me. That's right. That's what the rules say. They're not going to marry you if you ask them. <laughs> There's got to be some other thing we could say about that. Uh, well, when I when I was in San Francisco, I'll tell you this. When I first started in, I after Sacramento, mm-hmm. my my <laughs> meteoric rise to success, uh, I moved to. Well, first I moved home to Petaluma collected up some money, and then I moved to San Francisco. Um, and I, my friend Karen Anderson, who saw me in a contest in Sacramento, recommended me to a woman named Lisa Langang, who's now the uh, like VP of Comedy Central or something like that. But at the time, she was the manager of the improv in San Francisco. Nice. And Karen recommended me, and so I got on their Monday Night Showcase. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's the show I'm doing. And so I only did that show because that's the one I got into. Right. And I didn't realize that... All comics call around and will you yeah, put yeah, me yeah. on and that's like that's part of it and so <laughs> apparently like the people I was d- regularly doing sets of the improv but never asking to to do like the Holy City Zoo and apparently those people were like mad and why are you just doing yeah like man? you like that I. I got, a, I got a reputation as like an elitist or like a like a whatever, which was hilarious because I, I remember Patton actually saying to me like, no, you have to call. You should call Rooster Tea Feathers. You call that place. And I was like, I'm not calling there and asking. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? That's like, how it works. That's how you get booked. Yeah. And I was like, ew, that's gross. I'm not doing that. <laughs> See, I just always I, I just always hear from the people that I know that produce shows who get... I always hear, I don't know what it is about me, but I get to hear the horror stories about, dude, I can't believe this person's emailing me and calling me on the show. Right. It's like, so you don't want to be that like, person. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just sit here and do my podcast. No, those guys are the, they're the future superstars of guy, tomorrow. Yes, exactly. They're going to have their shows. But we'll be cool in the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> we'll have our coolness. That's right. To keep intact. us warm at night. That's right. Is Facebook the best way to keep in touch with the, finding your dates and everything like that? Yeah. Oh, oh. well, I am, right now I'm recording an EP of uh-huh. these of these songs. Um, Greg Barrett actually is one of the producers, and he put me in touch cool. with a, an actual record producer. Yeah. Um, an awesome guy named Paul Doucette. And uh, so I think we're, we're almost done. I would say probably by 
May maybe I'll have an EP. So awesome. um, then Beautiful. I'll then I'll do the thing all the kids do where you promote yourself and you talk about your your thing that you're selling or whatever. But I've had uh, it's nice because I've had a lot of very nice people contact me and ask and stuff. So I finally get to give them something. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited about that. We are too. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully it'll sound all right. <laughs> cool. uh, we should do a sketch show. You guys, <laughs> let's write sketches. We'll, we'll run a bunch of. I got a bunch of sketches. <laughs> I'm in a in a big packet. Um, we'll run a bunch of names by you, and we'll pick the one you don't like. That's right. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way. That's the way you should do it. I have terrible taste and a bad attitude, and that's why. That's what makes me me. That's the magic. We wouldn't of me. have it any other way. <laughs> Uh, let's, what song do you want me to play? Do you have a one that you want me to do, or should I just do whatever? I mean, I love them all. I guess at this point, I... <laughs> How can you pick? <laughs> you can, yeah, I love all two. <laughs> no, I've heard... I've, I've, no, I, I follow you. I follow your work. Look at you. I do you want me to do the phone song? People like that one. All right. Uh, it's a nice... It's a nice wrapper-upper. Let's wrap her up, then. All right. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Gene George. Do I say I'm Karen Kulgar if I just play the song? You could do that okay. if you want. Uh, it's a tune already. Who cares? You could do like, you could do like VH1 storytellers and just like... Yeah, so we are on tour in 94. <laughs> Have no, I done I that mean, already? <laughs> yeah, you probably did. I'll tell seven more stories about <laughs> sucking on the road. <laughs> I'm alright with that. <laughs> There's a moment of silence Look at your phone And if you don't know what to say You can look at your phone Don't go looking around Everyone's looking down Just look at your phone Look at your phone Look at your phone What you gonna do when the grid goes down? And do you have a plan for yourself for when the grid goes down? Or will you be all alone? Just staring at that cold dead phone In an apartment in West Covina Because I feel, I feel, it's like two people. I feel, I feel like I'm a, like a two. <laughs> Total two. I love applause. Single, double, whatever. <laughs> I'll take it.